for the storm with the Royal High Priestess 8888. In this segment, we'll be discussing part two of the truth is in the energy you feel. And in that segment, you know, I discussed about me being 12 years old and asking questions, you know, asking questions about God and Jesus. And I would ask these questions to the pastor and the deacon. And they will always tell me, you know, go look at it. Go look up this scripture in the Bible. And I remember feeling like, you know, none of this is making sense. This is not answering my question. This is actually making me want to ask more questions because I'm trying to figure out why if you say that you believe in what you are saying, why are you telling me to go look up a scripture? Why can't you explain to me or give me the answer that I'm seeking? So, even at 12 years old, I continue to go to church. I don't exactly remember how old I was when I got baptized, but I also, I did get baptized. And I remember feeling like, you know, once I get baptized, everything will make sense because everybody tells you getting baptized changed your life. It's a renewal of their faith and everything just gets better and, and that's what you need to do. So in my eyes, it's like, okay, so I need to get baptized. And it's almost as if some people in the church made you feel like there was something wrong with you because you didn't get baptized. So to me, it was like, okay, everybody else is getting baptized. So I guess I need to get baptized in order for Jesus to pay attention to me, in order for things to get better in my home life with my family, in order for the finances to get better. You know, I need to get baptized. So to me, it was like getting baptized was just going to be this big thing that changed everything in my life for the best. And that's what I needed to do. And then I remember after I got baptized, things didn't get better. We were still struggling financially in my household. Like things did not get better for my family and things did not get better for me. So to me, baptized didn't change anything. All it did was put me under this water and that I thought were that after I got out of this water things was just gonna get perfect and because that's what everybody tell you but that didn't change nothing that didn't change my family from you know living from check to check or that didn't make things in our life get perfect where we didn't have to worry about our needs again. We didn't have to worry about anything financially. It didn't change anything for me. It just made me realize that this is not true. Like, this is just a big story that's been told from generation to generation where everybody just believed that once you start to go to church, life becomes perfect. And once you start to, after you get baptized, everything is just going to be perfect because you now repented your sins and you told Jesus that, you know, you were sorry for all the sins that you made. And to me, it's like, what sins did I made at 12 years old? You know, what did I do so drastically for my family to suffer in financial poverty? So it's like these stories are being told and all these miracles happening. and But it's like these miracles aren't happening in my life. 
So I felt like I was just being told a story because everybody else believed the story and nobody else had the guts to ask questions. Nobody else felt like, man, these stories aren't adding up. Like, so you meant to tell me that, you know, Jesus sacrifices only son just for, you know, just to, I don't know, to change something in the world, you know? It just didn't, it didn't make sense at all to me. The stories that were told and the stories that the pastor was preaching, none of it gave me clarity. None of it gave me guidance. But I still continue to go to church because that's what everybody else was doing. That's what my family, some of my family members were doing. Everybody was going to church. So when things got hard, some of them would go to church. When they were going through a hard time, they would go to church. When bills were piling up, they would go to church. But I realized that after they went to church, nothing changed. Those bills wasn't paid. They were still struggling. They were still worrying about how am I going to get by? How am I going to pay for this? How am I going to put food on the table? Nothing changed for them. But nobody had the guts to say, this is not working out for me. Everybody felt like that's what they needed to do. And I'm not judging nobody for what they did. Because even though that I felt like this was not resonating with me, I still didn't stop going to church. I still continue to go to church because I felt like that's what I needed to do at that time in my journey in my life in that moment i needed to go to church i needed to sing on the choir i needed to do usher i needed to go to bible study i needed to ask questions i needed to know as much and figure out as much that i could figure out when it came to christianity i needed that journey to get to where i am in life right now so i don't you know i'm not knocking anybody who goes to church or who reads the bible your faith is your faith and your journey is your journey this is my journey and what i'm saying is me going to church and me being super deep into christianity it did not change my life in a positive way my changes didn't start happening until i got into spirituality and until i have a massive spiritual awakening until i went through the dark night of the soul and we're going to talk more about you know what a spiritual awakening is in the dark night of the soul but anyway, so yeah, so me even me even after I have been asking questions, I still didn't feel fulfilled, but I still continue with the church because again, that's what everybody else was doing. And I felt like, you know, that's what I needed to do. So eventually I got to the point where I stopped going to church. And I wanna say I was probably like eighteen years old when I completely stopped going to church. And when I stopped going to church, things really started to, you know, hit the fan for me. And most people would say, oh, you stopped going to church. And because you stopped going to church, God was testing you because you started to lose your faith. So most people would say that I was going through a lot of tests. And all of these tests were happening for me to get back into church, for me to get back deep into God. But I felt like all of these tests were happening, all of these trials, these tribulations, all of these challenges started happening because I needed to find myself. I needed to start smoking. I needed to start drinking. I needed to start partying. I needed to get in relationships with people who were not good for me. I needed to do all of these things to find myself. And I did those things. And 
they didn't fulfill me. They didn't make me feel good, but it was just something that I did for the moment. It, again, I felt like these were situations that I had to go through for that moment. But at 18 years old, um, I was no longer in my mother's household. I was living with a best friend of mine. And, um, you know, at the time we were very close, but um, things didn't really work out within our friendship. So eventually um, I moved in, I mean, I moved to another place and that is when um, I met my husband, but at the time he was just a friend. That is when I met my husband. And I also feel like we both were on this spiritual journey of discovering ourselves together. So, you know, at 18, you know, now I'm 19 years old once I move into this apartment with my uh, my then boyfriend. So even then, I was still on this journey of discovering myself. It got to a place where I kind of closed off myself from my family. I wasn't going out anymore like that. I wasn't partying. I was just sitting at home trying to find me, you know, trying to find what makes me happy. And I would just, I remember times where I was just sitting in that apartment like, who am I? Like, who am I becoming? Because everything around me just seemed so different. I just felt like, you know, I felt alone. But again, I felt like I needed to feel alone. You know, because even though that, you know, I had a boyfriend and things were, you know, we didn't have like a bad relationship or anything like that. I just felt like I did not know who I was anymore because everything that I used to do where I feel as though that I did those things to try to fit in because I didn't want to be looked at as different everything that I used to do to try to fit in it just didn't do it for me anymore like the going out the partying and all of that it just didn't do it for me anymore and I would still try to find myself to go out and and have a good time but eventually I was just like this is not it for me and I feel like I really stopped like officially partying I want to say maybe at the age of um 21 years old is when I kind of stopped partying and all of that but um before I turned um 21 years old on my 20th birthday it's almost like I went through this experience where I just felt like I just want greater in my life. I want greater. I want to do something great. I know that I was not placed on this earthly plane to just party, to smoke, to drink, to to listen to these low vibrational music where they're degrading women. And I just knew that my calling on my life was going to be different from everybody else. It was going to be different from my family. It was going to be different from tradition. It was going to be different from what I was used to because I always wanted more. I always said I was going to do something great. I always said I was not going to be like everybody else. And not to say that there was wrong with everybody else. I just knew that I was not placed here to be a follower I knew that I was supposed to be a leader and I was supposed to be a great leader so 
at 20 years old when I started to, you know, discover more about myself. And, you know, I used to be big on singing music and performing songs. And, you know, at one point in time, I thought, okay, maybe that's my calling. Maybe my calling is to be like a famous singer. But even then, I just felt like some of the music that I did, it was just to please other people. It was to you know, make other people happy. It was entertainment, to say the least, but I felt like it just wasn't me. So it got to a point where music wasn't even fulfilling for me anymore, where I just felt like, you know, I don't think this is my calling. I don't think I'm supposed to be this famous singer because I don't know. At the time, I just felt like maybe that's, I don't think I'm supposed to be a famous singer. So I just stopped, you know, performing music. I stopped doing all of the things that I used to do that I used to thought, you know, was who I was. And being a famous singer, that that wasn't who I was. So then when I turned, um, I want to say I was just about to turn 20. No, I was already 21 years old. And um, when I was when I turned 21 years old is when you know life started to get real challenging for me that's when you know you into the real world now you got bills you got you know you don't you can't go to mommy and daddy you you can't ask for help and besides the people that you would like to ask for help they couldn't help you because you know life wasn't easy for them either so to me it was like 21 was like a wake-up call it's like what what are you gonna do with your life? You know, I didn't finish school. I didn't have a high school diploma or anything like that. So that was like my wake up call. What are you gonna do with your life? So to me, I was still, you know, living where I used to live at. I'm originally from South Carolina in case you guys don't know. But yeah, for those of you who don't really know my full background, I was born and raised in South Carolina. But at 21 years old, I decided, you know what? I'ma just leave South Carolina because I was, working a nine to five but I was barely getting by so most of my money was going towards bills and catching rides to work because I didn't have a car I didn't have a license I didn't really have much all I knew what I was doing is I was just trying to survive you know I wasn't really living I wasn't happy in my circumstances but I knew that I was just trying to survive I was just trying to get by so me and my boyfriend we had decided like you know look Let's move to New York, you know. He had family here. I didn't have anybody here. So I was like, you know what? Let's do it. You know, let's move to New York. I'm with it, you know. I don't really have family here that can really help me out. And at the time, me and a lot of my family members, we weren't really on the same page like that. So I was like, let's do it. Let's let's move. Let's move to New York. So that's what we did. But little did I know that New York was going to be where I had this massive transformation because like I said, I left my family. I left a good paying job where I was about to be a manager. Like I left everything behind to start fresh, to start something new, to start that discovery of really finding myself. Because sometimes people don't, people are not aware of that your environment does plays a huge part and who you are and who you become. So I was around certain energy, certain environment that it just wasn't 
it was hindering my growth as a person because I was trying to be this person, I was trying to be this person, and I lost myself. So I felt like New York, okay, this is gonna be the moment where I find myself. This is gonna be the moment where I transform everything about myself. So when I got to New York, I started setting goals for myself. I said, you know what? I'm gonna get my high school diploma. Um, you know, I'm going to do something great. So that's what I did. We moved to New York. I started going to school to get my high school diploma and, you know, to start something great, to start, you know, the start of a new life for me. So that's what I did. I said I was going to get to New York. I was going to go back to school. I did that. I graduated. I said I was going to, you know, get a job. I found a good job, um, a good paying job at the time where I thought it was good paying money. But that's another story, um, another story for another time. So I started going to work. I was in school. You know, things was really looking up for me. You know, I was like, okay, I'm on the right track. But then it's like, I just felt like I was back in this cycle where I was working this nine to five. I was going to school, but again, I still didn't feel like fulfilled. I still felt like something was missing. I still felt like I was just living to work every single day of my life. And I just also knew that I was supposed to be doing something greater. So once I graduated from school, um, I got pregnant with my son. Um, and when I was pregnant with my son, I was um, I was still working and all of that. But eventually, um, I said, you know what? I want to go to college. I want to be an LPN. I want to. I want to be a nurse. I want to help people because, you know, all of my life, I was always in the energy of helping people. People always ask me for guidance. People always ask me for advice. So I just felt like, okay, maybe that's my calling. Maybe my calling is to be this big nurse where I'm helping people. So I started to go to college. And um, at the time of me going to college, I was also you know going to um, I was also working as well so I started to work and go to school and also I was pregnant so I was doing a lot and even before me giving birth to my son I was still in school I, I took my last test you know the day before I gave birth to my baby and you know I did good I did, I got an A on my test, but however, I remember being pregnant and I remember me being in one particular class where um, we had to do this PowerPoint and um, it was something about, you know, certain diseases that, you know, certain kids can get. And I remember doing a PowerPoint on autism. And when I had my son, you know, eventually we found out that he was autistic, but I don't want to jump too far into the story. But yeah, so, you know, after I had my son, I, I still felt alone, you know, I don't know why, but I just still felt alone. And I remember going through like postpartum depression. And I remember coming back to that feeling that I felt when I left South Carolina, I mean, before I left South Carolina, where I felt like I needed to leave South Carolina because 
I felt alone. I didn't really feel like I was close with anybody anymore. You know, everybody was doing their own thing and I was doing my own thing. And our vibration no longer resonated with each other. So because our vibration, you know, no longer resonated with each other, I understood that, you know, even after I had my son, I needed to feel that energy of alone. I needed to go through all of the, the different emotions and the different feelings that I went through. Because I understood that a part of me thought maybe after I got, you know, pregnant and had my son, it was just gonna fix all of my emotions. It was gonna fix everything. And it didn't. But what I realized is that my son was a gift to me to let me know how strong I was. He was that that angel that was supposed to come in and open my eyes to greater. And I feel like, you know, me having my son was also there to help me discover more about myself as well. So now that I have my baby and um, I'm still discovering more about myself, but I'm learning to love me again. So once I have my kid, he helped me to love me again. He helped me to, you know, to understand myself. So now fast forward to 2017. Now I already have two kids, you know. Um, I wasn't working, you know. I couldn't work two kids and at the time you know we had already discovered my son was autistic he was one years old and eventually I had another girl I mean I had another baby who was a girl um like 11 months later so yeah so 2017 was the moment I had my massive spiritual awakening on May 27. 1017 a.m. was when my spiritual awakening happened. On that day, I remember, you know, I was doing early intervention with my son because, like I said, he had autism, so. We had teachers and different therapists come to the house to work with them. But on that particular day, I remember, you know, sitting and there was a leak that was happening in my apartment. And you know, I told the landlord about it. He never did anything. And at the time, you know, we didn't have the money to just up and leave. Had to kind of like deal with it. We would complain, we would complain, but you know, nothing ever happened. So, again, um, 
sister-in-law children. So I had a house full of kids and that's when there was a time in my journey I thought that I was supposed to be like, you know, like a teacher, someone who teach kids, you know, so I thought that what I was supposed to do. So I remember studying and all of that, you know, getting myself together to make my home into like a, a daycare center. But, you know, anyways, you know, I digress. So I remember, you know, having a house full of kids. And I remember telling my nephew to go you know, sit in the kitchen because I wanted to, you know, keep everybody apart so they can have their own space because they got kind of rowdy in the house so I needed for them to like separate from each other and I remember on this day because the ceiling was leaking and there was water everywhere and you know prior to this day I remember telling the therapist you know as we were sitting in the living room I said I really hope this ceiling does not collapse on me because I don't know I just I got this feeling like something was about to happen. And I just kept telling myself, I really hope this won't happen. But, you know, but the day before, I also, I, I cleaned my house really good. You know, something told me to start cleaning. It's like, again, it's like I was being prepared for something, but I had no idea what I was being prepared for. So I just started cleaning my house and everything, getting everything organized and in order for some reason. And the next day, the next morning, we were all sitting in, in the living room and the ceiling collapsed on me and my kids. And when that ceiling collapsed on me, I literally felt as if my brain was being shaken. And I'm... Some of you guys don't, you probably won't even know what I mean by that, but I literally felt my brain kind of went forward and then back. And when that ceiling collapsed on me, that is when I had my spiritual awakening. Because after that, I felt as though I didn't know how to love my kids anymore. I didn't know how to be a parent to my kids. I, I couldn't handle anything in my life anymore. Sorry, I'm getting a little emotional because this, uh, this was deep for me. This was a very, a very hard time in my life. But I remember you know, I couldn't handle my kids. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't take care of my kids. I couldn't take care of myself. I was, I was so depressed. I was, I was out of it. I literally felt like I had checked out in this world, like I was gone. And um, I remember months, you know, after, you know, that experience. I just was, I couldn't handle anything. I, I just always had flashbacks of that ceiling constantly falling and me hearing my daughter scream beside me and me just feeling so helpless. And I just, I was out of it. So I, I constantly had nightmares and flashbacks over and over and over and over again. 
And it got to the point where I became suicidal. I remember constantly thinking that I just want it all to end. I just wanted everything to end. Because I also felt alone again. And I couldn't take care of myself. I felt helpless, hopeless. I felt like I was being punished. Like I felt like I did something, like I did something wrong, you know? And uh, I remember just, I was just so suicidal. And I remember, and at the time I was still, you know, trying to take care of everybody. And I remember one day, it got so bad and I was like, I can't kill myself. I can't do this to my kids. I can't do this. I need help. So, I remember I kissed my kids on the forehead and I said, I love you. And I told my daughter, I said, I love you. And I said, Mommy, be back. And I told my son the same thing. I said, I love you. And I said, Mommy, I'll be back. And at the time, I wasn't staying in my apartment anymore. You know, because the ceiling had already fell, so I was staying with my with my sister-in-law. And uh, I remember telling her, I said, I'll be back. She said, where you going? And I just told her, I'll be back. Because it was almost like I was embarrassed to say, I gotta go to the hospital because I'm suicidal. You know how, you don't know how people would take that. So I was just like, you know, I'll be back. So I went to the hospital and they said, what's wrong with you? And I said, Damn, this is just, <laughs> this lets me know that this still bothered me. This lets me know that I'm still healing. So, um, I remember going to the hospital and I remember, you know, telling the doctors, it was like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, you know, I keep having flashbacks and I'm having thoughts of suicide. And it was like, what do you have flashbacks of? And I said, I had a ceiling. I'm trying not to cry. <laughs> and I said I had a ceiling collapse on my head. And they was like, um, they asked me like, what type of thoughts are you having? And I said, I feel like I just wanna, you know, jump off a building, jump off a bridge. Sometimes I think about cutting myself think about overdosing on pills. I just wanted everything to end. So I'm going to end this pod, this segment of this podcast right here. So stay tuned for the next episode. I send you guys so much peace, love, light, and abundance. Thank you for tuning in. Take care.